Welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am genuinely so excited to share today's interview and conversation with you. Oh my gosh. I interviewed my personal acupuncturist. He is so amazing and wise and inspiring. And I just think that this conversation is going to help a lot of people uh, who listen to this. So I am just so excited to share this with everyone. And before I you know, open up that conversation, I wanted to start this episode off by sharing my own personal story with how I got into acupuncture and how it has genuinely changed my life. I think this is um, really important because if you, if you know me or if you worked with me, you, and I'm sure I've even said, said this on a previous um, episode, I recommend and encourage acupuncture to everyone, okay? It is such an incredible uh, uh, bodywork tool to help so many people get to the root cause of issues of so many different things. And let me just share with you my story. So I'm going to bring you back to the end of 2019, okay? And this is right at the peak of when I was um, entering my own uh, burnout, okay? I was going through burnout. I was pushing myself really, really hard um, to hit certain career goals for myself and my business. And I was reaching those goals, um, but I was also doing it at the expense of my own health And I was kind of like losing myself in the process of everything that I was um, working so hard, like hustle hard, right, to achieve. Um, It was at that time that Michael, my husband and I, we had just purchased our first home that we had manifested up in the mountains out in California. Um, Michael had just uh, actually quit his consulting job and started his own company. I'm growing my... um, my uh, my own business at the time I was really going in to my retreat business side and like hosting more retreats and my, my courses and anyway it all kind of came to a head um, at in December of 2019 we had just I had just finished a very grueling like three months of travel like back-to-back travel and we had just hosted family for Thanksgiving um, like right after that fam, our family left, I had hosted a couple of um, VIP days for my clients at my house. And I remember um, after my last VIP left, I collapsed in my bed and I couldn't like I could not move. I could not move. And it was it was pretty scary, actually. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so tired. I just need to lay down. I like collapsed and I couldn't move. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I have like hit burnout. Um, and there were so many other 
things that were happening. But in that moment, I just was a little freaked out that I couldn't move. And so I was also extremely stressed, um, you know, with everything that I was, had pushed myself through for so long. I mean, that entire year was basically in fight or flight, just nonstop. Right. And, um, the next morning I woke up and I had found under my armpits, I had these lymph nodes that were like the size of golf balls. I had two of them under one of my armpits. And then I kind of started to panic, right? I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Now we've entered a whole new territory, a whole new arena of like this stress impacting me. And so um, I talked it over with my husband and I thought, well, what should I do here? If I go to the doctor, they're just going to prescribe me, you know, some medicine to bring the inflammation down. But I would really like to get to the root cause of this in a natural way if possible and only have to go that route if I have to, right? Which I personally think we should be doing for every aspect of our health, right? And not just straight going to a pill to fix things. So there was a local acupuncturist in, um, in the town we were living in, in a mountain town in California. And I was able to get in like the next day. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but I remember leaving, um, the session a couple hours later, just feeling like I could take a deep breath. And, um, looking back, I could see that I was actually able to finally, um, access my, my, uh, my, parasympathetic nervous system, right? I was able to like be able just to breathe and get into rest and digest. And the next day, I like I went home after I remember that acupuncture appointment was like the end of the day. And I went home and I just went like straight to bed. This is pre-baby. So I was able to do this. I went straight to bed and I slept like 14, 15 hours straight. And I woke up the next day and um, my swollen lymph nodes under my arms were gone, completely gone. And that was all it took. I remember after my uh, my appointment, I was sitting there with my acupuncturist in California, and um, he he was just basically like, "Well, um, what we consider uh, what's going on with you in traditional Chinese medicine is it's basically like your spirit is been beaten down." And because um, apparently that lymph node is connected to my heart and, you know, my soul, my spirit would just beaten down. And I remember I almost cried sitting there because I was like, yep, sounds about right for what I'm going through, you know. Um, and I was just so grateful that he, he was there, you know, and that acupuncture was even an option for me. Um and then I even uh, tried it myself, right? So the lymph nodes were gone the next day. I felt a lot better. And I spent the next month basically healing and just resting and pretty much not getting out of bed and just completely recovering from um, the burnout that I had I had experienced. And so uh, he encouraged me. I, I went back like every couple of weeks. And um, as you can see where this is going, uh, this now we hit into 2020 right 
And um, in March of 2020, uh, a week or two after the lockdowns officially happened here in the U.S., um, I got pregnant. And we had just started trying like a month or two before that. And so I deeply, deeply, deeply believe that um, acupuncture not only helped me to heal and recover from burnout, it also helped me to activate my fertility and to um, get pregnant in, in the quick way that I was able to. I really believe that. And so I continued going throughout my pregnancy. I felt very supported. I, I, it, it, I know that it helped the um, the pregnancy immensely in so many different ways. I went after. I had the baby. I had Melrose for a postpartum. I, it helped me then too, right? And at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is just now a part of my, uh, <laughs> what I do, right? To take care of myself. It's just another thing that I, that I am committed to doing for the rest of my life. And so when we decided to move on a whim a year later, uh, back to the Midwest, I was concerned that I wouldn't find a, a great acupuncturist, you know, like an acupuncturist who does traditional Chinese medicine and was really similar to the one out in California. And so I prayed about it. I said, God, please bring me and show me the acupuncturist that, you know, <laughs> can help me and um, that that I'm looking for, right? Bring me to this person. And I remember I did a, a search and I found someone who looked like it was just a, a traditional, you know, Chinese medicine practitioner. And um, I booked an appointment, got in, and one of the first things I asked or that I talked to him and told him about was my previous acupuncturist in California. And funny enough, he knows him, and they actually studied a little bit together because my current acupuncturist who I'm interviewing today. He uh, also had lived in Southern California in San Diego area. And so they both knew each other. And I'm like, okay, thank you universe for guiding me, right? And here we are today. I have been continuing to go to my current acupuncturist. His name is Justin, which you'll hear here in just a little bit. And uh, I am just beyond grateful for... um, practicing acupuncturists and passionate acupuncturists and it's just such a needed underrated um, practice that I think more and more people need to look into for so many reasons which I just mentioned two of them for my own right fertility and burnout so if this sounds interesting to you um, we talk a little bit about uh, acupuncture and healing your spirit healing your body, who it's for, what it what it looks like, what exactly happens when you're in an acupuncture appointment, what are they actually doing, how is it actually helping you, and physically, and spiritually, and mentally, and it's just, it's amazing. So I cannot wait for you guys to check this out. If you like this episode, please be sure to consider giving us a five-star review for the show and leaving a written review that would help us out a ton. Let's head on into the show. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time. Namaste. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unlock Your Wellbeing. I'm so excited for today's guest. I have been 
wanting to bring him on for a very long time. He is my personal acupuncturist and um, both mine and my husband's actually. And he is just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. Every time I go to um, a session with him, I leave not only feeling amazing physically, but we have such great conversations and I just feel so uplifted by his perspective on everything with, um, mind, body health, and just so many different topics. So I'm so excited to have him on the show today to share more about what acupuncture is and how it can really help you because you guys know how, how much I share and recommend acupuncture to so many of my clients. Um, and there's a, a little bit of a hesitation. And so uh, Justin is going to be sharing with us all of the ways that it can benefit you um, here in the show today. So welcome, Justin, to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. So I want to just give everyone a little bit of a background on you and your story. Can you tell us a little bit about you and how you got into acupuncture? Uh, sure. So uh, there's a short and long answer to that. And the, the, the short answer is I, uh, I got injured on the work site uh, in my early 20s. And uh, this would have been in the early 2000s. And I went through uh, a process that might sound familiar to a lot of folks of, of trying to find someone who could uh, not only, uh, you know, give me an answer and a pathway to recovery, but also uh, help me in the short term. And after bouncing around to uh, several uh, different modalities, it was mentioned to me that I might try uh, this crazy thing called acupuncture. And so I uh, jumped onto the internet, looked around, and the closest place was in Chicago. Uh, there was a school there, Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, that had just opened up a branch in Chicago the year before. Uh, so I made the drive into Chicago and went through a series of treatments there. And, uh, you know, a number of other events happened after that, that would eventually lead me into uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine, but that was the initial uh, introduction and experience with, with acupuncture. Uh, it helped me a great deal, uh, you know, to the point that it, it, it influenced me enough uh, that at that point in my life that it felt like it was uh, something that I was supposed to do uh, myself. Amazing. So you had a personal injury. It helped you immensely to recover. And you realize that this can help a lot of other people. Cause I like that you said this crazy thing of acupuncture. Why do you think so many people are hesitant or are not just, just unsure of what it is? And, um, can you share with us what it is? Sure. So I would sort of frame that in, in, in really two different vectors. One being that they're unfamiliar with sort of the, uh, you know, thought model, uh, that is the backdrop of course, for acupuncture and, and, and Chinese medicine, uh, what we would say is uh, uh, we've all heard of yin yang, uh, but yin yang thinking, you know, is a way of, uh, is a paradigm model. It's a mental model. Um, and, and we just come from a different uh, mental model. And so uh, it, it looks different to us for that reason. Um, and then secondly, I would say is because, uh, you know, um, it doesn't seem logical that getting uh, stuck uh, with needles, especially, uh, you know, there's very little mass in these needles. It's they're, they're quite tiny, you know, so how could that provoke a physiological response at all? Uh, and how could that provoke, uh, you know, a controlled uh, beneficial healing response? 
you know, and that's why I say I understand, you know, with those who've not had a, you know, experience with Chinese medicine and acupuncture before, uh, it's okay to be skeptical, uh, you know, but then at the same time, I say, you know, we really can't, one can't intelligently talk about uh, acupuncture unless they had it. And you yourself, you know, having had acupuncture, you know, we've talked about that before, uh, you know, uh, a chi response in particular is something that one really has to experience, um, you know, for us to be able to, uh, uh, you know, discuss it, uh, you know, rationally. And so it's really those two, you know, different sets the, the you know, the thought model uh, being different. And then also at the same time, the, uh, you know, the practical side of it does seem uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a break in what we would typically associate with, with medical practice. Right. So can you walk me through how it actually helps you? Right. So, um, I come into a session, I sit down, what exactly, like walk me through the whole process of if this is someone's first, um, appointment, what would they, what would they go through and what's actually happening? So, you know, the initial portion of it would be familiar to a lot of folks uh, <clears throat> in its, you know, general framework where you're going to come in, uh, you would have filled out medical paperwork, uh, you know, we do an intake, a medical intake, what might be different there in my medical intake uh, versus, you know, standard of care is that, that uh, uh, there's a lot of questioning that goes on, so it can be rather extensive. Uh, so then when we get to the, the treatment portion, Typically what happens, uh, you know, you're going to find variances among different practitioners, of course, but in my practice, uh, I typically am going to start a patient on their back. Uh, we insert the needles and they lay there for a time. Then I come back, flip over, and then we'll needle the other side. So the needles themselves and the needling process uh, sounds like it would be, you know, uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, as a lot of acupuncture patients find out, um, it's not nearly what we would uh, conceive it to be before uh, going through the process. The needles are quite small. Uh, most of the needles that I use are 0.16 or 0.18 millimeters in diameter. Uh, and typically what we do is we'll insert points on the head, on the body, on the limbs, at various locations. Uh, and the needling can be fairly light or it can be a, you know, a little bit stronger depending on what we're doing. Uh, but that's pretty much you know, the, 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 the basic process of it. And then of course, we'll find variations uh, uh, depending on who I'm treating, what I'm treating uh, and, and the context surrounding that. So what acupuncture is going to be doing, uh, we could describe in, in uh, various different languages, of course, we, would, we could use the language of and thought model of Chinese medicine. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, Western physiology and biochemistry. So, of course, in Chinese medicine, what we're doing uh, is we are promoting the proper circulation of physiology in the body uh, of, of the various physiological components. Okay, and we would say that's yeah, two broad basic categories. That's going to be qi and blood. And it's this idea that all physiology uh, is undergoing a constant process. Okay, so they define the body in terms of processes over constituents. And their goal is to have correct circulation in the body, what we call a 50-fold cycle. So it's this idea that the body is going through physiological processes throughout the day, what we might label circadian rhythms, and those have to be not only properly timed, 
uh, but properly located within the body. And so chi uh, flow and blood flow within the body need to be timely and harmonious for one to be healthy, for one to be happy, for one to be content. Uh, and acupuncture, uh, in a nutshell, is designed to restore that proper timing and placement of those physiological processes. Now, in terms of Western physiology, we could point to quite a few things that are going on, of course. Uh, as I said to my patients, acupuncture induces a meditative-like state when we're doing it properly. As you're well aware, you lay on the table, we start needling, and it does induce a parasympathetic state. Uh, and that is a very important mechanism of Chinese medicine. You know, whether we're treating pain and prepping the body to go into a healing response, or we're breaking in runaway inflammatory responses, or we are breaking neurofeedback loops, uh, we at the fundamental level are acting on the parasympathetic nervous system uh, in addition, of course, to the uh, uh, stress axis uh, as well, the gut, the brain, and the skin. And there's going to, be, so the brain lights up, of course. Your endocrine system is going to respond. Your immune system is most definitely going to respond. It takes getting stuck with needles in the skin quite seriously, of course. Um, and uh, we're triggering all kinds of mast cells, especially histamine, heparin that are hanging out in the skin. And this is why with my patients, as you know, one of the signs that a patient is responding on the table, in addition to dropping into a parasympathetic state is that their stomach starts to rumble. Uh, of course, uh, in Chinese medicine, acupuncture is said to unblock the stomach chi is one of its primary functions. Uh, and of course, uh, that's easily observable in, uh, uh, you know, in a clinical setting where the treatment's going correctly. Uh, that, that sort of release is going to open up blood flow in the body as, uh, you know, and uh, peripheral vasodilation uh, and encourages blood flow. So uh, in addition to a, a litany of other processes that we could point to, uh, all of which generally fall again into this idea that we're working on the central peripheral nervous systems, we're working on the immune system, uh, uh, and how those are, are not only coordinated within the body, of course, but within our own internal circadian rhythms, but making sure that our internal physiology is appropriate to the time of the year and to the, uh, uh, to the seasonal dynamic, which is a, uh, an important therapeutic focus of Chinese medicine as well. So we would call not only circulation within your own body, of course, but that circulation between you and your environment to make sure that you're, uh, that you're in sync. Mm. So I'm glad that you're, you're speaking about how it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. Cause I talk about how important that is to do so, especially in, you know, this modern day and age where we're pretty much always running from fight or flight. Right. And people are very stressed. And I, I find that most people don't um, ever really activate their parasympathetic, right? They don't really know how to um, relax on their own. And so uh, that's why a big reason why I recommend going to acupuncture, even if there's nothing quote unquote wrong necessarily, that can really help you uh, to relax and manage your stress, right? So can you tell us more about who would benefit from going to acupuncture? Why might you go? And if there's, is there a benefit to going if there's quote unquote, nothing like necessarily wrong or just, you know, maintenance and trying to 
to maintain that homeostasis, um, you know, between yourself and your body. Sure. Uh, so, but I, I have sort of three points here, and one would be uh, uh, who can benefit from acupuncture, and and the question uh, or the answer to that is, you know, acupuncture is a primary care medicine, so uh, not to, not to overstate it, but for for our for our primary care complaints, non-emergency care. Uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine, especially Chinese herbal medicine, we have to put those two together. You know, uh, roughly eighty percent of conditions are in Chinese medicine are treated with Chinese herbal medicine. Uh, you know, so if we put these two, uh, uh, you know, acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, and we throw in case management, um, of course, uh, it has population-wide uh, serviceability. Now. Within that, what we're trying to do at the same time is differentiate uh, uh, appropriate care, first-line interventions. When would we go to acupuncture, Chinese medicine versus going uh, elsewhere? You know, first, what what are we good at treating? Uh, you now, traditionally, these are going to be things like unblocking stomach chi, of course. So, gastrointestinal complaints, acupuncture, Chinese medicine should be at the top of your list. Uh, sleep disorders for a lot of the same reasons. Sleep is not a, a widget in Chinese medicine. Of course, it's a process. It is exactly that, that timely and harmonious circulation of the, what we call the 50-fold cycle uh, there. You know, again, that your body is making these, these, these 25 uh, 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 orbits of your body, circulatory orbits of the body before noon and afternoon. Uh, so gastrointestinal issues, sleep issues, pain issues, all three of those are lack of flow in Chinese medicine, uh, and we are good at addressing. Uh, particularly with pain management, as a lot of my patients will find, there are things with herbs and, or excuse me, with acupuncture and cupping uh, that you just simply can't get elsewhere. You can't get a massage, you can't get a chiropractic, you're not going to get a physical therapy uh, that can be highly effective for, for both acute and chronic pain. Uh, now, uh, we, we, we could easily expand this into women's health, uh, which was my specialty in school, uh, and really put Chinese medicine on the map uh, uh, 20, 25 odd years ago, is Chinese medicine's ability to address a wide uh, range of women's health uh, conditions, uh, both from, let's we could say, dysmenorrhea to, all the way to, through obstetrics and then post-obstetric care and pediatrics. Uh, pediatrics is another field that uh, uh, we excel in. Children need little prompting generally, and acupuncture and herbs uh, highly effective. Uh, and that will go through all the way through the teen years, as I have found that they, uh, uh, you know, they take to the treatment uh, well. Uh, they enjoy the benefits of it, uh, and. Then we could jump you know, further on into endocrine disorders, of course, autoimmune disorders, uh, uh, cognitive disorders for acupuncture's ability to work on that vagus nerve, to work on brain waves, to work on uh, neurotransmitters, uh, reducing inflammation, reducing oxidation. And then I would lump that, you know, follow into this last story, uh, category, of course, meta-inflammation or chronic inflammation, is a huge issue, as, as we've discussed many times. It's at the core to a lot of uh, uh, what's uh, ailing our current uh, population. Uh, 
Uh, Meta-inflammation has been on the radar, especially since COVID, of, of course, COVID calling, uh, uh, causing uh, significant uh, rapid proliferation of, of inflammation and oxidative damage as a result. Uh, so inflammation lies at the beginning of cancer. Uh, inflammation lies at the beginning of diabetes. Inflammation lies at the beginning of Alzheimer's, dementia, heart disease, kidney disease, the things that our population are struggling with mightily. Uh, and we know for certain that acupuncture reduces inflammatory interleukins, principally interleukin-6, uh, which is hugely uh, uh, you know, impactful in the body in a wide uh, range of conditions that I just mentioned. So anything that's going to be dealing with chronic inflammatory load uh, uh, acupuncture should be on the menu for addressing that. Uh, for runaway fight or flight responses, acupuncture does things that, that we, we don't see anything else do, hence me working in hospitals using auricular acupuncture to break fight or flight responses and patients coming out of the ICU post cardiac surgery because they can't get their heart rate down. And that's the number one thing keeping ICU patients in the ICU. Uh, so what you said is correct. Most of the population is walking around in a state of depression or anxiety right now, three quarters, arguably. Uh, stress is off the charts. Anger is off the charts. Circadian dysrhythmia, chronic inflammation. Uh, these are all issues that I deal with and treat with my patients on a daily basis. Uh, they're applicable in a wide range of conditions, like I mentioned. Um, and so that's why I think it should be on the radar, uh, uh, you know, for your listeners in general. And so uh, uh, hopefully that's not too broad, you know, to where I, I would say everyone can benefit from acupuncture, but it is close to that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but we will find very specific use cases, of course. Uh, and then for its ability to work with those. So let's say that you don't have an active disease going on. Uh, you don't have a broken leg. Um, let's say, hypothetically speaking, that you are sleeping perfectly. Your digestion is working perfectly. Uh, your bowels are perfect. Your stress management is perfect. And you're exercising for 30 minutes twice a day, three days a week. I would still come and get acupuncture uh, because we're flooded by uh, uh, vectors of circadian dysrhythmia in, in, in our environment. Incorrect lighting, incorrect timing, incorrect eating schedules, incorrect sleeping schedules, uh, being surrounded by people who are stressed, uh, you know, airborne vectors of inflammation, foodborne vectors of inflammation. Uh, you know, so the, the odds are quite high uh, that you're not perfectly well. Uh, and even if you are quite well, I do advise taking efforts to stay that way, of course. Uh, but then one of the things that acupuncture does that I can think of no other thing doing quite specifically is attuning each of our immune systems to the specific needs of the current environmental condition. And that's important to remember that your immune system can't remember all the, the formations that it could or should remember in order to fight infections. It can't do it, it requires too much energy. And it actually has to balance its caloric output, its thermodynamic uh, output at both preserving immunomemory and being adaptive 
And so this is, again, what we've talked about. When you get acupuncture, even if it's on a monthly basis, it is helping to keep your immunoproteins specific to the microdynamics of your environment, uh, which shift on a daily, uh, monthly, seasonal, and yearly basis. Uh, and not doing that is not going to show up like a baseball bat smacking you in the leg and telling you that it's a problem. What will happen is if you're constantly out of sync with the environment, it requires more energy for you literally just to live and maintain your immune system. And that's going to lead to ailments, uh, shorter life. And so acupuncture, uh, that's why I value it greatly. We can take and deal with acute issues, such as I'm bringing my son in to deal with carpal tunnel. We treat that and then we graduate to case management, what we call Yang Shen, which is teaching how to uh, do some of these basic functions, such as what I said, you know, how do I uh, maintain an efficient life uh, is really a big part of not only the therapeutic goal, of course, but the thought model that we've talked about. That is yin-yang thinking. How do I flow downhill effortlessly through life? How do I move through life uh, uh, is the backdrop that we, that we engage as well. Amazing. I could just keep listening to you. I love it. So that's, that's really, really helpful. And, um, I feel like you touched on a lot of really important parts of how really it is beneficial for everyone, whether you have something acute going on or not. And I think that you gave a really great, um, description of how it is really beneficial and helpful for you. I think what's really interesting that I really haven't heard a lot about that I think um, I want to highlight is talking how you're talking about uh, acupuncture really helping to live in tune more with the our environment. And our environment is so out of tune with nature. Is that correct? That um, acupuncture helps us to become more in tune with the correct flow of nature. Precisely. Uh, that that is you know there's a lot unseen that's not on our active radar uh, okay so i would point out in that in the environment not only is the micro environment literally the mic like microorganisms floating around in the air they change on a minute by minute hour by hour basis responding literally to the to the photo wavelength of, of the sun and and the temperature in the air um we have we have seasonal wind cycles on a local and global level. So, you know, our, the, the environment is constantly shifting. It is constantly circulating, but it's not shifting and circulating all over the board. It's not complete chaos. It's not randomness. There is orderliness. It's spring, summer, fall, and winter. Uh, and so the case in point is that um, is exactly what you said, is our environment is constantly shifting. There's too many combinations out there for our bodies to possibly remember. Uh, so it has these feedback mechanisms, including absorption through the gut, for example. This is one of my, one of my favorite uh, topics to study is the fact that we have viruses, bacteriophages, raining down from the sky on our heads, on our houses, on our food, and our bodies suck them up through our guts like a dipstick, trying to measure what's going on out there uh, so it can stay ahead 
I mean, that's really is, is the big point right there. And so, yes, to answer your point, circadian dysrhythmia, as they like to say, uh, has been put into the spotlight uh, due to COVID, due to COVID's relationship to inflammation. And what they're saying now is that, yes, indeed, chronic uh, circadian dysrhythmia is probably the principal driver of chronic inflammation in our population. Uh, so uh, everything that we do here, not just with the acupuncture, but with the way that, again, that we move through our day, the way that we move through our environment, um, how do we do so to make sure that we're in tune uh, uh, with these multi-vector processes that are shifting in the environment? Uh, and if you listen to some of my colleagues on the other aisle, medical doctors, uh, the, the ones who are in the know are going to tell you the same thing. You need to have sunlight in the morning, hit your eyeballs. You need to have it hit your eyeballs at night, you know, when the sun's going down. Uh, the wavelengths that you're exposed to do matter and you have photoreceptors all throughout your body, not, not just in your eyes. When you eat is hugely important driver for your rhythm, right? When you sleep is, a, is another principal driver of these types of things. So that's really where we come back into it is trying to bring our attention to the fact that your body is changing immunoproteins on the hour the environment outside is changing constantly. Uh, and the two of you need to have a reciprocal dynamic to where you are in communication. Uh, that's key. Uh, that, that really is, you know, one of the, the, the fundamental, uh, 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 you know, goals, therapeutic goals of Chinese medicine. I love it. So um, when someone comes in to, to your, to a session with you, how do you know which, uh, points, pressure points that you are going to be putting the needle in? Like, how do you determine what that is for them? Sure. So part of the, the, the process is we do, uh, so we'll conduct an intake, a medical intake, just as, as we're all familiar with, uh, that part largely looks the same, if not more expansive than what we're used to, uh, now, when it comes to interpreting the data points is where we start to diverge because we go into what we call categorical thinking and yin-yang thinking. Uh, of course, so they're, they're, we're more fo less focused on widgets or things as we are uh, processes. And so what we're looking for when we gather our data points is pattern identification. We're looking for a, a pattern to emerge. And uh, from that pattern differential, so let's just take an example of uh, heart chi deficiency, let's just say. And uh, so in conducting the intake, I find that they have issues with working memory. I find that they have issues with being easily startled. I find that they have issues uh, with anxiety, quite likely. Uh, let's say perhaps falling to sleep at night or overthinking or even sweats at night, things mm -hmm. like this. I can I um but I don't mean to cut you off but I want to say this before we forget it is or before I forget to mention it is when you're saying the intake form like we actually sit down and have a long conversation about you know how I've been doing you know my mindset my my physical body you know my sleep my digestion all those things so if you haven't been to an appointment before this is the conversations that your acupuncturist asked are more in depth, very likely than any other, you know, medical professional that you would go to because they're looking at you from the whole self, the whole body and, and, and your lifestyle. 
Right. And so they're taking all of that into account so that when he's doing this analysis, like he's explaining right now, um, then he knows what to go in because uh, where to go in with the needles to readjust the, the imbalance of the chi to bring you back into, into balance. Right. That's, that's precisely it. And so what follows from, it's just the same as if you said, I have a, I look at the data, data says I have a headache and the, the action that follows from that is taking anti-headache medicine. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. You know, we come in, we do a pattern uh, differential, we do a diagnostic the, and the treatment principle must match the diagnostic. And so if you think someone has heart chi deficiency, then you need to be needling points that restore that heart chi dynamic. And of course, how that dynamic is off is, is, is multivariant. But then to, to go back to what you said is the questioning as far, generally speaking, unless you go to a medical doctor and private practice, uh, uh, far more extensive. And in my line of questioning, uh, you know, we focus on, on what I call, you know, the, the, the three pillars of health, eating, sleeping, and pooping. Uh, if those are all going perfectly, chances are quite good that your health is quite good. And then I relate that as we've talked about again, right, to blood sugar regulation is, is one of these sort of uh, key pivots, uh, uh, keystone principles in the body. Uh, so the we do go through an extensive line of questioning, but it's also built on, on two different, what I think are important uh, uh, things to point out in Chinese uh, uh, you know, thought model is that one, um, if you're going to go into a situation and try to change it, the first thing that you need to do is inquire about what's going on there at that location i.e. you need to get to know local customs. And so if I'm going to be working with a patient, I need to get to know those, that patient's mentality and their preferences. This is stated forthright in the Ling Shu. Uh, and that's an alien model, largely in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. So there is- So you're saying that, that you want to look at what the root causes and why you've gotten to this point instead of like you just said, oh, I have a headache. Let me take something for that headache. It's you would go in and say, why do we have this headache? Where is this coming from? And acupuncture yeah. can help to address the root cause of that to prevent them from coming back necessarily. Yeah. And root branch structuralism is one of the defining, in fact, uh, uh, thought models of the Huangdi Neijing Ling Shu root and branch specifically, but you just said, you know, what has been, what has become associated almost by default with holistic thinking uh, was explicated by our medical text there. And it was revolutionary for their time. Uh, so it has been influential upon the society ever, you know, uh, uh, ever since. And it comes from this idea, if we think of what holism is in Chinese medicine, Chinese thinking though, too, is, is a little bit different than how it's conceived sort of like in a Greek Western, in a Greek Western model. It's important to understand that, you know, yin and yang converge together to drive material, material realization. So they combine to make both the processes that give rise to matter and they are matter uh, at the same time. And holism in our model here, and this is why, again, it goes back to what you said, is that there are two things that I'm looking at. I'm looking at you as a to totality, you as a total thing, which we could look at as, let's say, visualize that, uh, if I were teaching emanation theory, visualize that as a blank piece of paper. And then we have all these, that's our experience as a unified body. 
And then we have all these constituent parts within our body, foci, we could say, um, that are not happening all at once in all ways that they could. It would be like thinking that everything is going to grow and my garden is growing there right now and will forever be there static. It's not the way that it works. So for them, holism is this idea, and actually quite specifically the heart, uh, creates that blank sheet of paper, the whole, upon which all the different constituents of your body, so let's say like a bunch of little grains of sand that we drop onto that paper or whatever widgets you want to drop onto that paper. And those, those elements are constantly cycling. They're constantly circulating. So think of it as this way. There is a year that we all know, uh, but we never actually experience the year. We only experience the cycling of the seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter, each of which takes their place on center stage at the appropriate time and location, because of course, not everyone on earth even experiences spring at the same time. So yes, it does actually occur in a proper location as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, this is coming through here is that you have a universal field and you have particulars of your body. And that's why Chinese medicine is so geared towards circulation is that the, the, the health of the system is understood as the proper cycling of those foci uh, on that universal field. Uh, and so the, the coordination and the arrangement of your physiology uh, uh, is, is where health, uh, potency, life, wellness, you know, these things that we associate with feeling good, with being healthy, that's where they come from, proper arrangement. Uh, of those elements within the total. Uh, and, and so it might sound like a, a, a trite distinction, but actually does lead to some really critical uh, divergences in, in paradigm view, uh, but then also uh, therapeutic view and goes back to what we said, why in the heck would I get treatment on an ongoing basis if I'm at 100% health? And it's to understand like what we've talked about, even leadership, right? Is that this is never something you arrive at. These are only things that we achieve in process, which means that you are ever ongoing, you are an ever ongoing achievement in process. It's never done. Um, you're not imperfect. Uh, perfection is the proper arrangement uh, uh, as is appropriate to the circumstance. And uh, this, again, practicing medicine, this might, you know, hit home to some of your readers, is that uh, this sort of Western, you know, model uh, uh, of imperfection that, I am, that I, I am an imperfect apple forever striving to be that perfect golden apple in the sky um, leads to these ideas that I can fail I can be a failure. You know what? I am imperfect. Why should I even be happy? Right? Mm. Meaningfulness. And this is what's key for me in this whole thing. And I would have everyone take away home is that this view that what is sacred in our experience um, are not objects, but they're processes. Uh, that is where meaningfulness comes from, a meaningful life. And I would assert that there is no health without meaningfulness. 
which is why you've heard me say that we're nothing really but walking books with legs. Mm -hmm. That narrative is, is, is key. Uh, and so I do enjoy the fact that whether we're talking this on a sort of spiritual level or on the level of physics, metaphysics, or just a simple, uh, excuse my language, what I call shit and piss physiology. I'm borrowing that from my teacher, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, that whether we're talking just very simple material things, such as a broken leg or uh, my eternal soul, uh, you know, that the, the, the system of Chinese thinking uh, can account for those. Whereas, of course, if you go to your Western doctor and ask him or her to define health, they can't give it. Uh, define happiness, they can't give it. Uh, whereas for juror, orderly health governance um, is the way that we say health in Chinese. Of course, that sort of proper arrangement of your widgets, of your qi dynamic, uh, produces a body, which I call like a, 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 a clean watershed. And it is accurate to think that they portrayed the body literally as a watershed, uh, you know, this combination of earth and water, uh, that when your water is circulating timely, gently, uh, then you have clear water. And clear water is exactly all those things that we would imagine it to be within our body. It is reflective consciousness. It is clarity. It is gentleness. It is movement. It is, it, now there comes energy which of course you say all the time, chi is not energy, chi is hot vapor. Um, energy comes from uh, the movement of, of, of water, okay? So that, that potentiation. Um, uh, so that's really where I find uh, the great value of Chinese medicine. You know, making pe people feel better in the short term, of course, is important. Uh, but what I think that you and your husband and, and you know, my patient base, obviously myself uh, uh, as well, uh, really resonate with, um, of course, are these, these thought models that lie uh, uh, behind it and sort of this deep truth that uh, I don't need to look toward an abstract God to understand myself. I just need to look out my window, uh, look at the sky, you know, look at the stars, look at the sun, look at the moon look at the trees, look at what water does. I don't care what your age or political denomination. I practiced in San Diego. I'm practicing here in a relatively conservative area. Uh, you know, there's meaningfulness there that really transcends these, these lesser distinctions that we can kind of get trapped into. Yeah. I love, that's one thing that I love about acupuncture is how you really bring that that component back into it of the, the spiritual component, right? Of remembering your wholeness and remembering how we are nature itself. You said that once and it's just really stuck with me. We're not like nature, we literally are nature. And um, so that's why like, that's one of my keys and and my keys, six keys to well-being, which is my book that you guys, you know, you can grab on Amazon. Uh, having that connection and that relationship with nature is really a, a component to accessing your soul, accessing that contentment, accessing that happiness. Cause it's, it's a part of you. And I feel like 
our modern lives disconnect us from it so much so that we're not looking at the sun in the morning. We're not looking at the sun at night. We're not even really connected to the seasons. We, we don't like the seasons. We think, you know, oh, winter's here now. And now I have to be sad for the next few months. And it's just, we're just, we've lost this connection to that. And I think acupuncture is one tool that helps me at least and my clients that I, I recommend it to, to reconnect to that truth, uh, that like you said, we are, we are nature itself. Correct. And we are the processes of nature that are eternal. Um, and this is again, just to echo everything that you said it, it, and, and sit with this because it takes this abstract idea, you know, these abstract ideas that a lot of us grew up about spirituality and, and makes it concrete. Like you said, uh, you know, metaphors and similes and, and, you know, these types of things, of course, exist within Chinese thought, but uh, we need to distinguish between a metaphor and a matter of cosmology. We aren't, we aren't metaphorically like water. We are parallel to water, existentially. Uh, and, you know, they weren't worshiping the sun, they were worshiping the circulation of the sun across the sky mm -hmm. uh, and viewed that as sacred. And I would have to agree. There is something that seems eternally true about the idea that heat always rises and water always descends. And I don't need a priest to, to teach me that. I can't observe it. I, when we look at nature, we see these, you know, and this is where they'll, they'll say that Taoism, you know, one, one, of the, one of the reasons that it took to heart in Chinese culture is that it answered the question of what the heck happens after I die. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone wants to know. That's where I say is that the key to health is knowing how to suffer. And if you want to know how to suffer with grace, you must answer the question of what happens to your eternal soul if there is such a thing. And so I point to my patients two different things uh, that I take took from the early Chinese, none of this. I'm not nearly clever enough to think of any of this on my own, <laughs> uh, is that this is what nature does. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Repeat it. Each one is unique and each one is not unique. Each season has an ephemeral quality to it. Each season has an eternal quality to it. Um, our soul is the same way. We are eternal and we are ephemeral at the same time. And I am 100% certain of that. And in my life, because I'm my life and I'm going to die someday, I need to answer that question. And I don't care what anyone else thinks about it. If I'm 100% certain and it makes me happy and, and, and allows me to lead a meaningful life, then the end, you know, that's the point right there that everyone has to answer that. But that's what I'm saying is that I don't need to wonder if it's possible because I see it mm -hmm. every day. And that is why the Taoists are, have these traditions of waking up and giving gratitude to the sun. They're not worshiping that sun at all. In fact, not even about the sun. It's really about you and what you're reflecting on. 
and the meaningfulness that it conveys, that was even the big focus of Confucian ritualism. It's not about the ritual, it's about what it means to the people partaking it. See, we're back to meaningfulness and again, because they understood that meaningfulness and processes of nature are one and the same. Uh, so that is what I mean is when it, you know, this medicine, this, this thought model and looking toward nature is that there's something implicitly true about that, that you and I, and I think a lot of your listeners feel, it's just never been explained to us that way. And then once it is, it goes, ah, yes, that is exactly right. I can observe fire. I can observe water. I can observe wind. I can observe heat and cold, you know, uh, and with just a little bit of education, it unlocks an entirely different way of perceiving the world is where we do think in terms of systems thinking, systems biology, process thinking, all of which are, I mean, uh, top trends in our academic field right now. Systems thinking is huge. Uh, and going into this, this, these yin-yang thought models, uh, uh, of which I find personally hugely beneficial, but I would actually view them as critical uh, to addressing some real serious, uh, uh, you know, medical and social issues in, 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 in our country today. You cannot move through life uh, 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 like a ping pong ball or on a billiard table. You know, you, there, there is a pattern, there is an orderness to it. Uh, uh, and, you know, and again, we can extrapolate that uh, uh, simply by looking out our window if we just receive a little bit of information on how to interpret that. Mm. Right. I love that. And I think I love that, you know, we keep coming back to the importance of meaningfulness um, because I think that's what so many people are like searching for outside of themselves. Um, but like, like you're saying, if we can really just tune back into nature, you'll see that it's really right there. And it's the way that you view your life and the way that you view those, um, things within you, because the things outside of you aren't what gives you the meaningfulness it's from within that then you bring and forth out into the world. And, and at the end of the day, all these things that we're talking about are helping you to access that that's already there within. What I think is encouraging is that um, more and more practitioners um, like yourself are popping up because I, I feel like 10 years ago, I hadn't really heard of very many acupuncturists, right? Um, and I think you told me in our, one of our sessions recently that there's more now or that it's growing, the field is starting to grow. Um, it is growing, but uh, you know the number of practicing acupuncturists in the United States, such as what you experience in my practice here, uh, I mean, if there's more than 15,000 right now, I would be surprised, uh, you know, and we can't go off of total uh, diplomas because a lot of people, of course, who have a degree in Chinese medicine don't practice Chinese medicine. A, a significant portion uh, can't maintain their practice. They, oh, they, is it, they're not getting enough clients or they just can't like financially sustain it? Both. Um, and mm -hmm. this is where I get into a, a, a broader, you know, a debate on you know, Chinese medical trends, how there's a revival uh, that I partake in along with my colleagues 
uh, into uh, what we might term as, as classical Chinese medicine versus traditional Chinese medicine and why those may or may not be different. Um, and it, it matters because some of what you hear me talking about uh, leads to principles of therapeutic intervention uh, that matter. And uh, if you try to take a, this approach of defining Chinese medicine uh, uh, from what I call from the outside in, redefining it based on where we are, um, so using a, a biomedicalized, we could say, uh, Chinese medicine, such as acupuncture, um, doesn't do any of those things that we've talked about. It, it innervates the nerves, for example, right? Um, can you can you talk more about that? Are you saying that if someone just practices acupuncture, like on the side, you know, if you're getting an adjustment with the chiropractor, and then they say, "Oh, I can put a few a few needles in," is that what you're saying? Uh, it, yeah, don't. First off, just don't ever get acupuncture from someone who doesn't have at least a four year medical license. Don't get acupuncture from chiropractors; they have no business doing acupuncture. Um, uh, physical therapists have no business doing acupuncture. Um, dry needling should be uh, avoided and condemned. Um, and your patients should know um, the, the difference between those things. Um, now, even if you do go to, let's say, someone who has a four-year license or, or, or other, um, When it comes time, so let's say I, I do my intake and I interpret, but when it comes time to implement a strategy, I'm still defining it in terms of Western physiology. I'm not thinking of chi flow, or I don't even really know what that means. I'm not thinking in terms of arrangement. I'm not thinking in, in any classical terms really whatsoever. Um, someone has diabetes, so I have my diabetes protocol and I give my diabetes herbs, something like that. And that's not how it goes. And the problem that I'm speaking of is largely due to the educational models uh, that are failing in our profession in this country. Um, they're trying, they're not teaching how to think in terms of yin-yang thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, and it leads to a, bio, a sort of biomedicalized model <laughs> of the body uh, that leads to poor performance, just as a case in point. Um, and as I tell my students, if you're not practicing herbs, your ability to support yourself in private practice is probably not going to happen. You're not dynamic enough. You can't treat enough things. Uh, and they don't push herbs there. Uh, but then two is that, uh, you know, if we're just, again, sticking needles in and just mm, this very simple thing, um, if you don't evoke a chi response, which took me eight years in practice to even begin to start to develop, your therapeutic efficacy is going to be very low. Uh, so it's not even just diagnosing correctly um, or even construing the right treatment principle. If your needle technique isn't sufficient, you can't evoke the chi and your patients aren't going to get the response. Uh, and so going back to your question, it comes down to the fact that if you want, if your patients get better, they're going to tell people your practice is going to grow. Uh, my practice is proof of that. Uh, I've never had to market. I don't think you should have to market. Your, your, your treatment results should be your marketing department. 
and if you're doing well, eight or so out of 10 patients get better, they keep coming back, things go well. And so it has to do with two principal things, I would say, which is both uh, the way that medicine is taught and conceived of, uh, which, which is problematic. Um, and then how that ties into students are graduating from our institutions, having studied with teachers who don't know what a chi response is. And I, I can't, uh, you know, it's hard to, to, to underemphasize how important that is. Um, you must evoke chi responses from your needling as a practitioner. You must know how to do that and how to perceive it. And when you've accomplished what the patient is paying you to do, they don't teach that. And uh, so hence we're leading into, you know, a situation as we would expect is that uh, patients just simply aren't getting better. So they're not coming back. Mm. So how, if someone wants to seek out a good uh, acupuncturist that's going to get them the results or the chi response, like you're saying, how, how can they do that? How can, what, what, should, what, the, what should they be looking for? So it would be a similar process as if I were recommending to, to folks on, on the Western medical side of things is we would look for pedigree. So we would look at, you know, uh, where did they go to school? Um, what's, what's their education? What's their training? What's their experience on paper? And um, then from there, you simply have to make contact with, with that professional um, and try it. You've got to meet them. You've got to get a treatment because what you're going to, you know, ascertain in person is that practitioner's wisdom and that practitioner's ability to be technically skilled, i.e. getting a chi response. Um, so uh, it's the same way I hire workers on my house is that I will investigate them um, figure out which one seem to have the best, you know, uh, portfolio on paper, we could say. Um, and then I'm going to analyze examples of their work. Uh, so I can see myself, you know, are they technically proficient and get that experience? So it's going to be the same thing. And so, you know, in, in, in helping patients try to find other practitioners, that's exactly what we'll, we'll go through. And then they might go up and it might take them one or two or three different, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, practitioners before they find someone that clicks. Mm -hmm. Actually, when we're doing Chinese medicine, as you might, you know, uh, uh, your listeners might have guessed so far, it's, there's a higher degree of intimacy. There's a higher degree. Like, I actually remember you. I know you, you know, uh, uh, like that. And so it's what I call the Cinderella effect is that. Uh, it, uh, there, no, I'm not going to be able to treat everyone. And some of that has to do with differences between me and that person. And so uh, that's where, you know, beyond a certain point, you just really have to go and experience. Uh, but it, it's hard to do that unless you've had a good experience by which to compare against. And and uh, I mean, right there, that's a big part, uh, a big part of the trouble is that, of course, we don't know what acupuncture and yin yang thinking are. So how do we go about uh, evaluating, uh, you know, the quality, uh, you know, of that service when we're receiving it? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I, the only, not the only, but I have heard of people saying, oh, I, I've tried it. You know, if I recommend it for whatever reason, pretty much anything. And they say, oh, I tried it, but it didn't really do anything. I said, and I would ask, well, where did you go? Oh, I was, you know, at this holistic center and they happened to have someone there who could do it. Or it was on my, uh, my chiropractor table. And I said, no, 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 you need to, you need to seek out like a legit traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist. Right. And they say, well, how do I, how do I find that? Um, and so I think that you just helped, uh, helped us with that. Well, first of all, we know there aren't a ton. <laughs> so what you said about 15,000 pra- practicing in the U S mm-hmm. okay. Okay. So, but really looking for that traditional Chinese medicine, um, title it, essentially. Right. And, you know, uh, the, I, I think it's important in this country, practicing in this country, that uh, your practitioner is bilingual in Western medicine and Chinese medicine, both. I mean, those are two pillars. There's nothing wrong with either necessarily, you know, they're just different and used to address different things. Uh, So there's no problem being fluent in both of those. And in my questioning and in my thought processes, you hear hear me touch on both of those. Would you like me to explain it in terms of, you know, biochemistry, or would you like me to explain it in terms of chi dynamic? I can do both. The difference is now when we come into time, when it comes time to actually treat the patient, um, am I needling you to work on histamine? Or am I needling you to correct your chi dynamic and histamine is a part of that process, let's just say, as an example. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of practitioners think start to finish in terms of the way that you and I and our listeners have been taught to think of the human body by going to grade school and middle school and to college. And if you can't break out of that thought model in my profession, it will trap you within it and you will suffer as a result. There's just no question about it. So when, you know, your patients come in, they should really look and kind of see, is that practitioner, you know, constructing my treatment process in terms of Chinese medicine? Are they talking to me about qi dynamic? Do they know what it is? Um, Are they talking about any of these things that have come up on this podcast? Or are they not talking to me at all? Mm. Maybe they're running six tables and you only get 30 minutes. That's pretty darn common. I mean, American specialty health insurance companies paying practitioners, I don't know, 41 or $42 a treatment right now, less than a haircut. Um, What kind of treatment? It's not sustainable. (laughs) Yeah, well, no. And why would you? (laughs) Uh, But if we were to go over to, you know, Taiwan or something like that, you might only get a a 15 minute treatment there as well. Okay, so it's not as if there is a, you know, um, a utopia of of Chinese medicine being practiced. uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's unfortunate that, yeah, there is a great deal of variation within our profession right now. That is a disadvantage, disadvantage for the practitioner in that community, of course, because they're not getting the correct training. Uh, and it's a disadvantage for the population who, A, that they don't know how to shop around for it. And then they look and see is that, oh my gosh, there's all these, 
you know, uh, and so that's why I say just as a, a nothing against my chiropractor colleagues, but they should not be doing the acupuncture. They should be doing bone setting. Um, and I could go down the line with, with physical therapists and, you know, that type of thing. Um, and so, but then even, you know, get into my own profession here as well, uh, that if you're not evoking a chi response with your needling and you don't know how to do that, um, that, that, that is going to be a problem. Your, your treatment results are going to suffer. And that's exactly what you said. I mean, it's really common for me, especially here uh, in Hanover. Not that it wasn't common in San Diego too, but folks will come in and like, yeah, I've been to some, they didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, <laughs> did you feel anything? I mean, yeah. and then they experience that she responds like, oh my God. Yeah. What was, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you should be yeah. walking out of there feeling like you just had the greatest meditation massage of your spirit ever. Like I feel like I need to be very careful driving home afterwards, you know, because right. I just feel so in that, um, that state, that meditative state. And it feels amazing. And it, and it does. I mean, and that's where I, I teach my patients too, is that, uh, you know, if you've never been before, you just have to take my word for it. But trust me when I say that we will observe you responding to treatment. Like I said, as soon as you're on the table, if I'm doing my job right, um, then you drop into a parasympathetic state, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's timber of the tone of the voice changes, the eyes change, the little body movements change. I mean, it's clear as day. And then when I send someone home after a treatment, uh, we're, we're taught in the Ling Shu to look at the eyes. And there's a reason for that. It's because the chi flow meets everywhere in one place in the body, and that's in the eyes. So when someone leaves, I can see it in their face. I can see it in their eyes. I can hear it in their voice. I can see it in their body. A lot of people, literally, they're taller. Because their body is, chi dynamic is properly arranged. And, you know, a cup that is full of incorrectly arranged water functions as if it has none. Mm. When we correctly arrange the chi dynamic within your body, you literally become more, you see? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a proper uh, treatment is observable during the process and after the process. And as I tell my patients, I don't care what you think about acupuncture. I really don't. This idea that you need to believe in acupuncture for it to work well is an alternative medicine myth. That's wrong. And if I'm doing my job correctly, uh, what you think about the situation doesn't impact it in the slightest. And so the, uh, because two plus two doesn't require you believing in it to equal four. Mm. Um, When someone leaves, they know that they had a successful treatment, as you just said. Uh, is it going to be uh, what we might call like a hard point? Like you had 13.7 wellness before the treatment, and now you have 16.8 wellness. <laughs> You're better now. Like our heart data point. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, versus a soft data point, which is an enhanced sense of well being. Um, and what I, what we would look at this sort of the, 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 the after effects of, of meditation, mm-hmm. uh, are, which are well cataloged at this point, you know, 
Um, so that's what I would point out to your patient, to your patients, to your, to your listeners, uh, hopefully future patients of Chinese medicine, you know, as well, is there are things that you can absolutely look at ahead of time. Um, and then there are things that you will look for during the treatment process. And then there are things that you will look for after the treatment process, um, all of which will indicate that you are moving um, in the direction that you want to go. Right. Amazing. This has been so enlightening and awesome. And I'm just so thrilled and excited for everyone to tune in. And I'm sure people have taken some really amazing nuggets from this. Um, And I'm going to be looking up their acupuncturist that's as close to them. So if you guys live um, in the Midwest, we'll have all of Justin's information for uh, his practice. And you're writing a book right now as well, right? I am. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the book and when's Uh, it coming out? Sure. Uh, So uh, uh, hopefully we'll get it um, published next next year. Mm -hmm. Of course, I did that this last year as well. But as you know, some of these things, uh, you know, uh, are are organic. Um, The topic of the book is is everything that we've really been talking about today. You know, what what is the thought model of the uh, Fang Di Neijing Ling Shu, which is uh, the core medical text in Chinese medicine that was written in early China, somewhere between the second and first century uh, BCE. And uh, so that whether, uh, uh, you know, it's a new student or it's a consumer of Chinese medicine that we can pick up uh, and, and sort of understand, again, a lot of these topics that we've, we've brought up. Uh, how does Chinese medicine conceive of the body? Uh, you know, for example, it conceives of it as a political state and it conceives of it as a, a watershed mirroring the arrangement of the universe, right? Uh, so those are two principal uh, body models, uh, the model of root and branch structuralism. What does that mean, you know, exactly? Uh, uh, what is qi and what is qi flow? Uh, but really it is a book of philosophy, uh, on uh, the Huangdi Neijing to, to help take a, a Western mind um, and open it up uh, uh, to the, the thought models that, that, that are contained uh, therein. Amazing. Congratulations on writing it. I clearly know that it takes some time and effort and energy to do so. And so um, it's going to be great when it, when it, when it comes out. So we'll also have, can we give them your information for your San Diego? Cause you fly to San Diego every couple months and treat patients out there too. Yeah. I'm out there at least, uh, uh, once a quarter seeing patients in San Diego as well. So of course, uh, if there's anyone over, um, in, in Southern California, you're more than welcome to contact me and, and, uh, come in, uh, when I'm available, I see a lot of patients, um, uh, remotely from that area as well. So really, you know, I can do telemedicine from almost anywhere, um, in the country. And, uh, uh, then here in Hanover, uh, in Northwest Illinois, of course, as well, right. So there, it can be hard to, you know, to find, uh, acupuncture in general. Uh, but of course, if you're within an hour or two, I don't, I wouldn't know if I drive much more than three hours, perhaps not to cut myself short, but, uh, 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 that's a a wide circle to, to, to make a day trip is my point. But, 
um, I'd be more than happy to, uh, 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 you know, see what I can do to take care of you. Absolutely. And then if not, uh, I do uh, have colleagues all across the country and I would be happy to uh, um, help point someone in the right direction as well. Oh, awesome. And so when you say you do the, the, the tele um, appointments, is that for herbs? Right. And okay. so uh, whether, whether it's usually if I am actively um, intervening, you know, treating someone uh, via telemedicine, obviously it's going to be with, with herbs. Uh, but I do quite a bit of case management uh, remotely as well, you know. Um, so we can pretty much do everything except for the acupuncture, you know, uh, uh, over the phone. Though I do say it is, a, uh, it is a disadvantage for me not to make, it's not to be able to physically sit down with someone, observe them, have that, you know, analysis that goes on, especially being able to take the pulse as well. Um, so I do encourage working with someone locally, if at all possible. And then if it's not possible, um, you know, moving to telemedicine after that. Okay. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so one last question that I want to ask you, uh, before we wrap up here is a question I ask every guest who comes on to the show, which is the name of the show. How do you unlock your own well-being? Hmm. You know, what I—I I mean, I—I I, I want to say I try to observe and 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 reflect upon nature, you know. But I'm not sure if that's going to sort of convey, you know, what I'm trying to uh, con convey here. I think you know the big thing is. Uh, to follow, honestly, to follow your heart, uh, to demand a meaningful, you know, existence, um, but to, to lead a patterned day-to-day, -day, uh, uh, you know, life. Um, I, I, I do take it very seriously to, you know, this idea of modeling after, you know, um, after, after nature. And so I try to take its cue of being 80% regular with what I do, uh, trying to be 20% adaptable with what I do, you know, um, looking with an eye toward that, which is different, looking with an eye toward that, which is the same. So, um, you know, I, I would say it's honestly, it's, it's having adopted a process thinking mentality. Uh, a yin yang mentality. Uh, and because the processes of nature, I do believe are eternal and I do believe that they're sacred. Um, and how, you know, these ideas of meaningfulness convey directly over in the Chinese medical model, literally into wellness, right? They're, 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 they're indivisible. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's not as if you can lead a meaning, you know, a meaningful life and then not be well to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like we're all going to get sick and die, you know, someday, you know, it doesn't mean that we won't have a meaningful existence. Um, so hopefully that's an answer to your, to your question really is, you know, uh, uh, looking with an eye toward that, which is similar is process thinking. 
And it looking, seeing the differences between people and things is easy. Seeing how things are similar, very, very difficult, you know? And I think that in answering those questions, we find answers that not only unlock our health, but they unlock our heart and our spirit. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on. Um, I'd love to have you back on in the future because I think there'd be so much to talk about specifically with women's wellness and women's health and acupuncture, because that is a specialty. And I've learned a lot from you on that. And I think it could help a lot of people. So if you guys have questions for him in the future, please be sure to, uh, to let me know before we are able to do that. Um, at some point, maybe when your book comes out around then, but, um, thank you so much again. Is there anything else you want to let anyone know if, uh, you guys want to reach out to him. I'll have all of that information in the show notes. I'm good. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, everyone.